Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we are back with another episode of the Life in the Fast Lane. What's up? How you doing? I am fantastic. I mean, the coffee's <clears throat> kicking in again. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> this okay. So this is probably my most. Uh, this is my favorite subject podcast we'll probably ever do. Yeah, we ha- literally have signs around, or not signs. Um, what are this? Decals. Decals you're, on the wall. Because if I say it wrong, you're gonna kick my ass. Let's say what it is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> fail faster. Fail faster. That's a big. People one. don't like failing, though. They They're don't. afraid of failure. They're terrified. Say. They think it's going to define who they are. Well, in a way, it does. But there's such a negative connotation over it. I think that's why. It's oh, you're a failure. You know, especially like. I don't mean this in a crappy way, but like when it comes to marriages, people say you fail at your marriage, and it's okay. What if they tried to fix it, and they're trying to get better, and there's improvement, and yeah, you you may have had a mess up or a fuck up, but you're you're improving upon it. Yeah, you know. So there's something to be said about it. So let's get into this. So I know it's something that you definitely taught me probably three years ago was fail faster, learn learn to get better. Where do you want to go with it? Well, Actually, where did it start? I should say. Oh God, I like that better. So okay, <clears throat> this is I'm gonna get really freaking vulnerable here. So as a young man, no, as a as a young boy. Um, I was horrifically terrible in school. School and I, to this day, don't work. Same. Yeah, well, hey, there's <laughs> lots of us like that. Um, I mean, I have 12 utility patents in my name, and uh, I don't have a college education. Yeah. So I'm self-taught, and that's just how it worked for me. Not saying that everyone needs to do it that way, but there are a lot of us like that. So Failing Faster came from, you know, go way back to my racing days. I I so I come from nothing. I come from a family with of nothing, no college education, no major jobs. Like I think the the best job any of my family had was my grandmother worked at NSA as like a typewriter chick. Yeah, like it, she wasn't doing anything. It just was, like general logging or whatever they did back I, in the day. I don't know what they. She didn't do anything. It wasn't anything special. Um, and then. My my grandmother had five kids. My father's one of them. He's the youngest. And uh, my aunt went to nursing school, became a nurse, which is great. That's a great career to have. Um, my my uncle Tony had a twin that passed away when he was twenty one on April first of like seventy eight, I think. So he didn't do anything. Um, my uncle Tony worked for um, an HVAC company for forty five years. And you know, I he, didn't know he did that. Yeah, he worked. He worked his his way up through the ranks, and, and but never really, he never got to where he wanted to be. Yeah, um, I have my own opinions on that, but that that career has come and gone. He's now officially retired. Um, love Tony. He's he's the best. And remember, I, if your powder coating's bad, it's Uncle Tony. That's right. That's, we're just gonna blame Tony. Anything that's wrong around here, we're gonna blame Tony. You know, if the sticker's crooked, yeah, blame Tony. <laughs> blame Tony. <laughs> But no, I love Tony. Tony comes out. If any of y'all want to meet Uncle Tony, the world famous Uncle Tony, he uh, he comes out to equip basically every year. Yeah. So if you want to meet him, he's he's there. Mr. Ghost. Yeah, he he loves if he's sit if if you want to find him, he's the guy sitting down. Yeah, look in the <laughs> sit down mower in the booth. Yeah, he's gonna be there. Or the chair, whichever yeah. we end up having. Yeah. And so I also have an aunt, uh, her name is Barbara. Um, she went to work for a firm. I think she was probably one of the first siblings to to make a hundred grand a year. 
but really didn't get much further past that. Uh, I think she, you know, did did okay for herself. Uh, but my father and I, okay, I'm really gonna get vulnerable here, um, and I really want I do this because I want you guys to to know not necessarily my background or my family's background, but more or less be able to relate and know that you can get yourself out of this situation. So <clears throat> my father was probably the lowest paid person. He was the only entrepreneur in the family. Nobody had their own business except for my father growing up. And he had two or three failed businesses. And we're going to do a podcast with him one of these days here soon once he can stop being a workaholic in the other room and actually sit down and put these headsets on. Um, but And you know what? I may have you interview him, Kyle. Easy. It'd be way better, I think, that way. Cause he I loves think, talking to me. Yeah, well, he's, <laughs> he's just so grumpy these days. But, um, you know, he had, he had a bunch of failures, and he finally got a – put together a business that worked for for him and he had that business for like 35 years something like that 35 years or so and um the printing business right yeah ameritech office systems yeah. yeah he he had that company for a long time and sold it he was able to sell it and um now he's here which is great but going back to the whole failing faster thing you know we we came from literally the whole entire family came from government cheese like we came from nothing yeah and um all the siblings have done fairly well for themselves. They're all living, you know, decent lives. My grandmother, unfortunately, passed away uh, 2018. Grandfather passed away in, like, 91, I think. Um, just a full-blown alcoholic. Cut his tongue out, like, two weeks before he died. Tried to stop him from drinking. Just, he was a vet, and he was fighting demons, and God bless him. I, I loved him. He was great to me. I was his favorite grandchild. Yay, me. But, of course, the the grandparent that loved me the most died the soonest. Yeah. Whatever. Um but, uh, you know, going back to the failing faster thing, you know, my father is the one that really started that saying, and he would, you know, he would try everything and, and fail at it nonstop. Yeah. I, I, first one that I can remember kind of when I was growing up, my mother um, is not a great person. I haven't had a relationship with her since I was 18. Uh, basically, she walked out of my life and never came back and blamed me the whole entire way that I was the, I was the cause of it all. And, you know, I'm this terrible child. I'm like, dude, I was a child. Like, how could you even say that? Yeah. No one else, you know, hated me. They loved me. My stepfather loved me. His entire family loved me. They still do this day. We do Thanksgiving together. We, we love on each other. Yeah, Lee's a great guy. Lee's a great guy. And his whole entire family is fantastic. Like really good people. Um, but, uh, you know, I remember my mother telling my father, you're never going to amount to anything. You know, you can't do this. You can't do that. And he just looked at her and was like, who are you? Right. And so he learned to fail faster. And when it really came to flourishion, um, we were developing Mulchmate and we were not moving fast enough. Yeah. And everything in our life because of racing is about speed. And this speed hungerness, um, you know, drove us to to try to change Mulchmate. And if you look in our shop, guys, we have the very first original Mulchmate that never worked. It was a big, huge failure, and it, it, it was just it was terrible. I remember running the um, the tarping system for the very first time, and it shook so hard it scared me. Yeah, it, it was just it was incredibly horrifically terrible. Well, there's also that video of one of the tarping systems that you guys thought you had taken care of. I think uh, Sam's been showing it or mm -hmm. showed it lately. Mm -hmm. um, but the was it the bar or something that just completely snapped? So the, the, what we had done originally for the tarping system is we just – so how we developed Mulchmate was we developed the conveyor, we developed the tarping system, and then we developed the augers, and they were all separate of each other. Yeah. And we tested it individually. And so I remember the first time we did the conveyor belt, we literally built this conveyor belt. It's not at all what we use today, but we were just trying to prove a point that we could make something. Yeah. We threw a bunch of mulch on it, 
attach the leads to a battery and it shot mulch off and it literally filled the entire wheelbarrow. We're like, hell yeah. This, this is works. what we're looking for. This is basically what we're trying to get to. Now let's start building everything else. And so we built the tarp system and we basically had these two ends made um, by some this other company and they were like $2,000 for two pieces of metal. It was, we knew so little that we could have just like water jetted it out for like two, 300 bucks. But this guy took and machined it out on a, on a CNC mill. Yeah. That is way more expensive and not necessary for something like that. Okay, regardless. We we take it, we put it together, we 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 tack weld it to one of my old landscaping trucks. And my father's like, hey, tack it on this way and do it this way and do it that way. And I'm like, I don't agree with that, but whatever. So we put it on there and we literally used galvanized fence posting as the um, tarp tube. And so we duct tape this tarp to it. We fill the truck up with like four or five yards of mulch. Wasn't a lot. And we hit the button, and it starts to roll it up and get in t- like take the tension or the slack out of it, yeah. put tension on the system, and then it just goes bang, and it and it like basically twists itself like a pretzel up on the back of this truck, and it miserably failed. Um, we fixed it that day, retacked it back up. We went racing that night. We weren't racing; we were just there as a watching, yeah. you know, because we just love racing at a local short track. We came back the next day, and it's broken the other way around. And we're like, what the hell happened? Well, it had rained that night, mm. and it shorted the circuit, and it spun it backwards, and it just it, it was just mangled. I couldn't even fix it at that point. It was just toast. But to to kind of stay on topic here and failing faster, um, you know, we had built the first mulch made. It was all silver, it was aluminum, and it was basically like, hey, can we draw something on a napkin, getting it getting it into CAD, which is a whole other story in itself, crazy story, and then have it cut, have it bent, and bolted together? Can we do it? And we, we, of course, we did it. Looking back, we say, of course, but then it was like, this is mythical unicorn territory for us. Yeah. So, again, don't be afraid to jump in, guys. You can figure it out. If somebody else can do it, you can do it. Ask enough questions, you'll find the answer you're looking for. So, we um, we built this one, this one mulch mate. Then we built a second mulch mate. It was basically, from like 50 foot away, it looks just like the mulch mate you see today. Yeah. But it ain't. It is miserable. It is this terrible. It, it, it was just a stepping stone in the whole process. Again, we're you're going to fail, and you just need to learn to fail faster to get to what you're ultimately looking for. So we, by the time we get this mulch mate put together, we're probably a year into it, and my father and I are like, dude, we are not moving fast enough. This is taking forever. And everyone else is looking at us like, oh, you're going so fast. So keep in mind, the entire time, everybody's telling us we're moving so fast. To us, we're like, we're moving so slow. So this goes back to, you know, Listen a little bit, like okay. Don't I'm not gonna use the word listen. Hear people. You don't necessarily have to listen to them. Yeah. So so understand what they're saying. You don't have to agree. So everybody's telling us you're doing so great. You're going so fast. It's amazing. It looks so good to us. We're like this is a piece of shit, and we're not going fast enough. So we ultimately built what I call an exoskeleton rig of the mulch mate that was made of steel. I built this thing literally overnight, and it didn't take weeks and weeks and weeks to have it manufactured. And it was basically, think of it like a cage. Yeah. And so I was able to encapsulate different parts of the machine that needed to be. And then we can actually run the unit and test it and watch it and see what's going on. Yeah, run everything together. Right, run it all together. And then I could like I could pull the conveyor belt out if I wanted to and just run just the tarp and augers. And then if if the augers failed, the, the, the conveyor belt wasn't in the way, and then I could reach through the bars and actually change this 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 test rig faster. And so failing faster led us to building this rig, 
then this rig allowed us to then test and test and fail and test and fail and test and fail. and and, and l- listen guys mulch mate we've made it fail thousands and thousands of times over and over and over and dumb things like if any of y'all know what a key is a key not like something you turn your car on but a key is like a square piece of steel yeah it's a essentially a would you like a pinion it's like a pin that holds a sprocket to a shaft so it doesn't spin on the exactly shaft, right so there's a bunch of those in mulch because there's chains and things like that so what we ended up having to do was we FEA tested and did these analysis and these, these equations you could run on keys and we know that every time the system sees a cycle which means it, it runs for a split second we know that those keys will last a certain period of time but each sprocket sees a different load because the calculation of the ratio of the gearbox when it sees a load you you basically you oh look there's oh, a dog barking somebody's hello. awake yeah hello so basically what you end up doing is you send power through the gearbox and into the augers and it's sending power let's say vertically it's sending it up through the system yeah then what it'll do is once the the augers see a load from the mulch or whatever it's seeing it's then going to in turn reverse and send that 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 load that struggle through the system back down through the gearbox but the gearbox is a multiplier yeah so when it multiplies it it takes that let's say that load is 100 pounds well once it gets through that gearbox now that load is like 1200 pounds and so everything down low in the system has to see or be built excuse me it needs to be built stronger yeah it needs to be able to have different things in place so it doesn't explode we'll take for instance the sprocket and mulch mate this sprocket has a three-eighths key but it's not just one there's two because yeah. i needed to make sure that system sees an incredible amount of load and so not only do we have that but we we harden the steel not only just the teeth but the whole entire you know sprocket itself and then on top of that a key is typically square and square squares have corners right sharp corners well anytime you have a sharp corner in steel it creates like this stress weak point where it'll like to crack over time and so what we actually do is we created our own brooch okay here we go here's Mm. my here's my engineering thing guys i try not to do this to you but it's important that you understand it so this brooch basically looks like a christmas tree yeah and you shove it through and it basically eats away a layer at a time the 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 cutout that we're looking for for this 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 square key but what we did was we made our own custom brooch and our own custom keys to where the key has this little bit of a of a rounded edge rounded corner so when we brooch out the female side of the sprocket it doesn't leave these very sharp corners where it would like to break over time and so a you when we harden the the sprockets there's this hardening chart i'm not going to go into the name and all the numbers and all that but basically as you harden steel it becomes more and more brittle and when you when you make something brittle yes it becomes harder and stronger but it will tend to snap like okay so it shatters versus having some sort of malleability sure sure so like okay in food terms right have you ever had peanut brittle yeah peanut brittle is very very hard and when you when you go to 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 bite into it it doesn't bend it just snaps yeah it's not chewy it just it shatters right so take for instance a starburst a starburst you bite into it and it like squeezes and it mushes and it 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 takes less pressure to get through it with your teeth but it it you know it takes a little longer to get through it where with peanut brittle it takes a lot more force but once it snaps it's like bam yeah it's a glass breaking right so <clears throat> when a manufacturer is making something 
they have to spec out all this stuff. And going back to failing faster, I had to learn all this. And so when we first developed our, for our first gearboxes, the shafts were very small. I thought they were the right size. And then this is where I learned all, all this different stuff. And so what we had to end up doing was I had to figure out, okay, the tarping system can create X amount of, I'm not going to tell you the numbers because it'll give away my secrets, but it creates X a number, tens of thousands of pounds of, of force in it has a certain ability, right? So then the chain that goes up, right? We had we had a certain size chain in there years ago before we sold any mulch mates and we were breaking them. And I'm like, why in the world are we breaking them? And then my, my dumb ass goes, hold on. The, the, the motor can create and the gearbox can create this amount of force. Why isn't our chain spec to that? What an idiot, yeah. right? So that was me failing as fast as I could. But now looking back, I was like, wow, I was an idiot. I didn't know what the heck I was doing way back when. It also goes to what you what you don't know is what you don't know. So you, sure. you have to learn and figure it out. So you're going, okay, well, this this chain should be plenty strong enough. When you don't understand, there's there's a different load that's put on a chain than there is put on a regular piece of metal. Sure. So it's a pull versus a push or a... Mm -hmm an impact. Sure. So it's just something that you have to understand over time mm -hmm. that this is how this works. And this is, these are the stresses being put on this exact material this way in this many revolutions, mm -hmm. you know, so you didn't know all that in the beginning, but that's mm -hmm. part of something of the fail faster is it breaks. That's a failure. You have to learn. So you change it, make it better. It's like our um, tarp tubes mm -hmm. in the recent year. Mm -hmm. You know, we've had to, what did we have to add, uh, or we added set screw, more set screws to each side of the tarp tubes. Yeah, or? the, the Mulchman has these um, these half-inch alloy bolts, are really, really strong bolts. They're that massive. Are, they're very special. If people put in different versions, um, it, it would be uh, catastrophic. Yeah. So, so okay, I'll tell you the, the real fail faster. So we what we had done was we had changed a process here at Dawson Manufacturing where we had changed a person that built these tubes and this person is not nearly as strong as a person before and here's my failure and what we and i learned it so we had three or four or five mulch mates go out the door where these bolts had gotten loose and for whatever for whatever reason this person couldn't tension the bolts uh consistently and so i had to then implement okay a torque spec with a torque wrench um, and he had to then document every time he did it, he'd have to sit there and document because he just couldn't do it. And that was my failure. But we learned within a day of finding this out. Okay, we went to the customers that had bought that first run. It wasn't the first run of machines, this particular run yeah. of machines. And we said, hey, take a look at these. Make sure you tighten them. We found this issue. You know, all you have to do is tighten them. Yeah. Right? Just go to this certain spec. And the customers are like super happy. The people that issues, we send them all the stuff for free. Here, take care of it, done. That's all I can do. And that goes back to customer satisfaction like we were talking yes. before. Yes. And, 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 you know, talking about this kind of stuff, I love this because, you know, if you're a Mulchmate customer, you know. You know our customer support is, you know, bar none, some of the best customer support, period. Um, the guys that are looking to buy Mulchmate, you know, I want you to rec recognize the fact that we know we're human. We know that there will be failures, but we also know that we're going to be there to support you all the way through, and we are not going to be so pride-filled that we're going to be like, oh, our machine's perfect. Now, there is some responsibility as the operator of said machine, whatever it is you're using, to use it correctly, right? There's that, and there's only so much I can do there as well. I'm not going to run it for you, um, but we are always, always, always trying to find the next failure point to help 
make things better. So kind of getting back on the, the you know, um, fail faster train. It is, it is imperative that you guys understand that when you fail, you then have the opportunity to um, quit or to persevere, learn from that failure and move on. Do not let it paralyze you. Too many of us, and I'm included in this, I have failed at things and then it paralyzes me. And I'm much better today than I was, you know, last week, last year, 10 years ago. Does that um, implement or is that kind of go into analysis paralysis or is that just sure. something you're just not sure how to figure it out and what the next step is and you just don't have the resources to figure it out? Here's what I have found. Most people focus on the failure and not what the failure should be teaching you. Yeah. If, you know, I, 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 I'll give, give you a good example. So, you know, the Mercedes I bought, mm-hmm. it had this stupid wrap inside the door. Stupid. It was it, the, it is kind of goofy. Well, it was goofy because it's gone. But except for the one door, it's no, still in the in, or did you already it, get rid of it. I, no, we got rid of it. It's all okay. it's all done. So because I know George got out of it, it was just like, how do you think it or what do you think about it? And he was like, ah, it's kind of goofy. Yeah, it's terrible. It was I don't know who decided to do it, but you know what? Each their own, whatever. I don't like it. It's coming out. So I started working on getting it out, and it fought me tooth and nail. And what I want you guys to understand is frustration, pain, anxiety, or that's the universe telling you there's a problem so i'm fighting this car fighting this car and fighting this car and one of my big problems is is that i know how to persevere i will stick to something until it's done even if i'm doing it wrong i'll continually do it wrong until it's done and then complain and suffer and be very frustrated about it my fingernails hurt from this 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 uh wrap right trying to get it out it was awful it was awful to get out of this car but fast forward eh, about a week my Audi, the entire roof still had PPF and a black wrap on it. And it was damaged from the accident or from transport or something. And the wrap needed to be removed to fix the paint. And then I'm going to put a carbon fiber uh, wrap on it with a PPF, you know, film over top of that to keep it nice and clean. It won't, you know, get wax or whatever in it. Um, but uh, fast forward to, to this weekend, it's been about a week, I think, maybe two weeks. I was able to take that wrap off with okay, I didn't tell you this. On the Mercedes, I damaged the paint. Oh yeah. So I'd have to now I have to repaint that. So I could either let that paralyze me and frustrate me and I'm gonna hang on to it and I'm gonna be pissed about it, or I can then learn and then what I did was I went out to we have a local Eastwood shop. I don't know if anybody knows if you restore cars, you know what Eastwood is. But we have a local Eastwood, you know, retail store, which is great because I don't have to order stuff online. But I went to Eastwood I bought a really nice heat gun that could heat up to 950 degrees. Crazy. And then I bought a little stand because I just got a new front bumper for the car. I can put the bumper on and I can massage it and work on it. But I took this heat gun and I started heating up this um, this wrap because on the wrap on the Mercedes, I was using a torch. Yeah. I ended up burning the paint and now it's all screwed mm. up and I'm pissed about it. But whatever. I actually did see that trick. Now you see it. I saw that trick this weekend when I was just scrolling through Instagram. Somebody was pulling a wrap off and the way to do it is just like you heat up that little area, you pull it back slowly, heat up another area, pull it back slowly mm-hmm. and you just, it's it's a process. And I knew that. I, I've done this a million times but my heat gun has disappeared. I don't <laughs> know where it went. Funny story is I was so poor so when we were, when we were racing go-karts we had like literally no money. I have no idea how my father afforded it. We were the poorest people. We would shove the go-kart in this old 88 Bronco 2, and the tail of the go-kart would hang out. Like, <clears throat> we were so broke. I don't know how he pulled the money together. It was only a few hundred dollars, but we did it. Yeah. Um, but we needed a heat gun to 
it, we would put this like flat blade on on the front of it and it would it would scrape the excess rubber off the slick tires so we could then get down to good rubber to race on yeah and we were so broke he couldn't afford to buy a black and decker heat gun new it was like 90 dollars, and he ended up going to a pawn shop and getting it for 10 bucks hmm. that's my background okay and i remember this heat gun i had it for years and it was in the bottom drawer of my silver toolbox and it's gone so that's why we didn't do it on the Mercedes. I thought I could do it with a torch and this and that, and I was wrong. <laughs> I learned my lesson. So, again, pain, frustration, failure taught me this, and then I went out to Eastwood, bought this heat gun, came back, heated it up, peeled it off, and I was done in like an hour and a half. So fail, learn, continue, fail faster. So <clears throat> this whole failing faster thing has been ingrained us here at DOS Manufacturing. Everybody in the whole building knows you know, if, if there's a pain point, fix it, fail faster, move on. Don't hang on to it. Please, for the love of God, people, I see too many of y'all wear this, this failure coat of armor. And what you should be doing is you own it and then move on from it and just go, I'm a student. I'm a student. I'm learning as fast as I can. And I'll get better tomorrow. And I'll get better today. And I'll get better in this next moment. Um, it's one percent. This is one percent, and and don't get so freaked out that there is you'll never make a hundred percent. It's always this evolution because, like today, I'm a father of a seven year old and a four year old. I was never that, so now I have these new challenges. This weekend, I had a I, okay. I'll give you for instance this weekend where I'm failing is I feel like today that I'm not as happy as I once was. Not because I don't have cool cars, not because I have this awesome business, but because like at home, I, I feel like I just can't get it right between the balance between my kids and my wife and myself. Like I don't feel happy with myself because I don't feel like I'm in control of certain things. And so I'm constantly trying to adjust and work on it and communicate with myself, with my family, my therapist, everybody to, to, to grow. Well, it goes back to like what you were telling me when I was having, so we had talked when we were at Equip, I think it was just you and me driving back for something, right? I ended up just in the car, you and me, and um, we were heading back to the Airbnb and the conversation came up of just what was going on with me and it was just, you know, you you need to be the best you that you can be at any point in time, whether that's being the best father to your kids or being the best husband to your wife or being the best boss here at Dawson. It's you just have to focus on applying yourself the best that you can and not leaving anything on the table, mm -hmm. you know, and you go through ebbs and flows in life where it's, you're happy, you're sad, and you just, you don't know what it is, mm -hmm. but you just have to be, I guess you could say cognizant of it mm -hmm. and find a way to fix it so that you get back to that. I'm not going to say perfect to you because it's not perfect. That, that normal you. The best you can be. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So that, 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 yes. And something else I want to remind everybody is, is that you can't be, you can't be an incredible business person as well as be the greatest soccer coach or the greatest husband all at the same time. Sometimes you just simply have to, you know, say, I'm not a, I'm not the business owner right now. I'm dad. Yeah. I'm dad right now. Nothing else matters. Um, or I'm not dad right now. I am a husband. I am my my wife or my my husband's um, 
I'm going to be their shoulder to cry on or their rock or their sounding board or their ear or sometimes you just need to shut up and leave them alone, you know, just to, to each their own. Yeah. Uh, um, but, you know, don't get so bogged down with that failure. Failure is actually – so I guarantee you if you go interview um, – what is that book? Napoleon Hill has a book about this and he goes basically think and grow rich or no no know, um no napoleon hill is like the original guy that started doing all this stuff. anyway it's it's all about he interviewed carnegie he or he he interviewed all these like, incredibly crazy wealthy smart individuals oh, i know yeah I can't remember the name of the book it's an awesome book um but i know it's napoleon hill so let's start there just google it <laughs> Not, I'll see if I can find it. Yeah, he'll try to find it for you guys. Because I know I've easy. listened to it. Yeah, it's it's pretty amazing. But basically, you know, what what everyone that has ever studied, you know, whether it's, you know, business or personal or what have you, is you need to have the wherewithal to div- divide your mind into different chunks and then to be the absolute best you can be in those spots and know that you're always constantly in a growth state. And I guarantee you, you go ask any of these Carnegie's or anything, if they were still around or, or Elon Musk or, or, you know, Mark Cuban or uh, Jeff Bezos. Yes, they are ultra, ultra, ultra successful, but I also bet you they would agree that they're probably some of the biggest. Well, failure. the laws of success. Yeah. laws. Of, okay. There you go. So I guarantee you, they, they think that they are probably some of the biggest failures you've ever seen. Yeah. Because they do so much testing. So failure is testing. Yeah. That's well, all it is. I mean, some of the things, like if you kind of read into the Rockefeller stories or even – I was reading a book about um, Ford, mm. Henry Ford. That's that's one to definitely look at. But, I mean, there's a lot of things in that journey where there were failures and he was looked at by communities going, you know, you're an idiot. And it's, it's not that. It's he found a way to make it better and that's why we have – you know, assembly lines now in car factories because one person does their job perfectly every single time and then it's transferred to the next and then they do it perfectly every single time and it's just repetition, repetition, repetition. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think I was seeing Toyota. This is a cool one. So Toyota made it so that within their factories, um, as they kind of go along, there's um, it was either a button or a form that they fill out. And you know, they would either hit the button or fill out this form. And if there was something that they can make that 1% better, whether it's moving the bench a foot closer because they're making one less step to get to the car, mm-hmm. they could produce five more cars by the end of the year because they were able to produce and do something faster. That was that efficiency. Mm-hmm. You know, for Toyota, that many cars in a year is not that much, but it's still the fact that they're improving and improving and improving, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah. No, it's 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 incredible that you don't realize in those sort of environments it's it's so big that one step can make that big a difference. And I guarantee you, Toyota didn't become Toyota the way they are overnight. No, it was that it was that mentality. Go back to Ford. Uh, did you know that Ford is the inventor of the weekend? I think I do remember he- uh, reading about that. Yeah. I don't remember that fact, but I do remember hearing it. So the reason that, that we have off today in society is because Ford said, look, we're going to give everybody – basically, ment- um, we just did a podcast on mental health – It to give these people time off to tend to their farms, to tend to their families, uh, you know, practice their religion, whatever the case may be. And that was a, um incentive that Ford put out there 
so people would work in the factories. Yeah, and it was a big pushback too of like other corporations because they were running twenty four seven shifts essentially. Yeah, and that's that's like slave driving, dude. You can't do that to people. They're ne- they'll never last. Yeah, and spe- especially in today's society, there's too much other stuff going on. Get ready for a bark, guys. There's somebody walking by our door. Let's see. Nope. Nope. No barking. Anyway. And it's going to happen now. <laughs> yeah. Um, what's the other one? What's the other one? Um, we were talking about Ford and the weekends. Uh, oh, do you know that Ford did not invent the subway line? Who was it then? Guess who? Guess where he got it from? I feel like I know the answer, but I... Pig slaughtering. Really? Pig, so you ever seen pigs get slaughtered? Right, they hang them. It just wasn't publicized or anything like that. Mm-mm. No, so Ford Ford just made it bigger. He, he did it in the manufacturing sense. He did the but he did it in the sense of like he took it and ran with it and made yeah. it incredible. But no, it came from hog slaughtering, and they would hang the hogs up on the hooks, and they would go down the assembly line, and one person would cut a leg off, and the other person would slice this and cut that out and peel this, and that's where he actually got it from. He yeah. said he was getting food for his family or something one night. And that's where he stole the idea from. Interesting. Isn't that cool? That so is pretty cool. Ford is an incredible company. They they didn't, you know, they didn't take the bailout in 08. I'm just a huge fan of it because they just like like Ford, when he first came out with the first his first what they call it, quadricycle, is what they originally called him. Um the first ten cars he made, they fails. Yeah. That's oh, why. I do remember that. I do remember that because that was a, that was like one of the first stories in the book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. He, so on, let he me was, pull it up because this would be something for a lot of people to listen to because it, it's really good. Yeah, no, it's it's fascinating. And it, and it actually, you know, the society today as a whole would not be where it is without Henry Ford. And he was a cr- shrewd, crude businessman. Like, yes. That dude, was, that dude was insane. Okay, so it's called My Life and Work by Henry Ford and Samuel Crowther. Is that what it is? Yeah. It was yeah. a very good book. Really good I book. put it up on the board for people to uh, read. I don't know if anybody did or not, but it would, I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah. A lot was, of cool backgrounds. Yeah. So, you know, look at look at Ford, right? Imagine this. He's he's failing and failing and failing, and there's no internet. There's no – I don't even know if there was phones back when he was doing this. Maybe there were, but they were terrible. There was no information. You couldn't just go to a store and buy Maybe a Maybe telegraphs. I don't know. Maybe. I don't think there were phones then. It was – whatever it was, it was very – rudimentary yes right and so there's no home depot to go buy bolts like this dude's making his own bolts he's making carburetors in his kitchen like there's no cnc machines it is literally i don't even know how they made half the crap they made i am just baffled by it but anyway you know you want to stick to the subject of failing faster it is it is unbelievable that we have the tools that we have today in society and there's more complaining now than there ever was. Yeah. You guys need to snap out of it. Wake the fuck well, up. Well, we're in, as like you said, we're in this Amazon society, is that yeah. you, you have that instant access right now and then. Yeah. So there's no patience. There's no, okay, let's sit back and think this through. It's, I have to do, I have to do now. Yeah. And that's all we have in society. And that's, I think, part of the problem is, like, you're not a millionaire overnight. No. Nobody is. No. You know, and there are, okay, they glorify it within certain parts of society because, you know, people say, you know, like, it feels like it took no time, mm-hmm. you know, but it's it takes the time for you to get there. Mm-hmm. Well, it takes work to get there. The fa- Going back to, you know, you're not a millionaire overnight, the reason that people that do become millionaires after typically it's 20 years in business is yeah. typically the magic number. 
um, not to be millionaires, but to be like super successful. One of my favorite stories is Richard Branson. Yeah, he's cool. I really Smart like it. Like, because I read, I think, all of his books and just his story from going, I believe it started with the record company mm. and starting from that mm-hmm. and growing Virgin Records and then going into the airlines, now Virgin Galactic and, mm-hmm. you know, all the other things in between. Yeah, he's Virgin a, he's Mobile. A, he's a monster. Yeah. He's, he's a good, he's, he's, well, I don't know, I don't know his views on a lot of things, but his business sense is very good. Oh, they have a cruise line now, and guess what the name of the boat is? Mm. Scarlet Lady. Really? Yep. Interesting. Which I kind of want to get a book on because of, you know, the Scarlet Oak. Yeah. yeah. No, I get it. That's cool. That's <laughs> they're cool. really nice boats, though, because they're, they're all, I don't mean this in a bad way, but they are adult-only cruises. Mm, that's nice. Yeah. Do they have a spot where you can give your kids to and be like, see ya? Probably. <laughs> no, I, I, kids are great. It's just, man, they're a lot of work. Whew. Um, but going back to the failing faster thing, you know, it, these million, okay, so take a, take somebody that's grown a business or has worked really hard, invested their money that, that is an employee of some kind of deal or government, you know, whatever, and they, they work really hard. They end up saving a bunch of money. They end up investing it, and they become a millionaire, right? Those people have failed, learned a lot of lessons, did the work. Now, look back, Kyle, how many people win the lottery and end up broke? A lot. I'd say the majority. Yeah. I don't know the exact statistic. Yeah, neither do I, but I've heard that it happens a lot. And why? Because people don't have the they don't have the basis and understanding when it comes to money of how to invest it, how to keep it, how to hold it. It's they want that instant gratification because they got it. Right. And now that they have it, they're going to go and do the same exact thing because they have those habits. Right. So once you have the habits, you stick to the habits and not necessarily you're going to go, okay, maybe I should save some of this money for later. It's, ooh, I don't like the house I'm in. I want to get another house. I don't want this car. I want this. Or I want this now. I want this now. I want this now. Yeah. And it's that, the problem is, is the now versus the waiting and then having the gratitude, which, you know, as you always say, you always want to talk about, is just having the gratitude and spending the time, putting in the work, that's what means the most. It's Absolutely. not now. Absolutely. And sometimes failures even can mean a lot too because mm-hmm. you learned a lesson from it. So failure is, creates what I, I mean, it's not a crazy word. It's discipline. Mm-hmm. And so these these people that win the lottery, they have no discipline. And, and discipline comes from, you know, either the fear of failure or failure itself. There's or, your jet. Yeah, baby. <laughs> PJ coming in hot. Uh, we're sitting here at uh, Dawson Manufacturing, uh, home of the mulch mate, and we are located at the BWI airport. It's the main airport here in Maryland, uh, right outside of Baltimore. Which I actually got that wrong on a podcast. I messed up. As I was listening to it, it's Baltimore, Washington International, Thurgood Marshall Airport. Okay, there you go. So I had the ordering wrong, and I was like, third group, Baltimore, Washington. Yeah. I was like, yeah. It's whatever. But I did that, and I'm like, oh, I need to correct myself. So there, there we go. go. It's corrected. I failed, That's and all right. now I fixed it. That's it. It's done. It's over with. Don't hang on to it. Um, but, you know, discipline is, is is front upon these days. Like, okay, I'm going to challenge all, all of you that are listening to this. I want you to go home tonight. If you have kids, do it with your kids. And I, I, I highly recommend doing it with your kids. Start doing push-ups. Just start doing push-ups. It, it, Mine's it, a little young for push-ups. No, just, oh, just, she stood up yesterday. Nice. She did. She, nice. So she, we were in her. We'll get back to everything in one second, but she was in her little um, playpen, mm-hmm. and I'm laying next to her. Kind of, we have this like little mini, mini, mini foam couch for, her, which folds out. 
turns into a little bed, which was really nice last night. We fell asleep, or she fell asleep in it, and um, I'm sitting next to her, and she she starts like trying to get up on me, and I'm like, oh look, baby, you just reach over to here, and you can stand up. So Chloe pulled these hooks out and put them back in on another side where she was standing. She grabs them, stands up, and just sits there and just looks at both of us like, look what I did, and I'm just. I'm in awe because I don't know how to perceive it. I'm like, this is so cool. That's awesome. And then she turns and then starts smiling, giggling, laughing, and then falls over. Yep, right on her I butt. I was like, oh, my gosh, we're doing that again. So she kept doing it, kept doing it, and, and she was – it was so cool. That's awesome. That's Those are those are memories you'll never forget. They're I the promise. best. They're very, very good. I'm glad you're living in the moment. That's a very healthy thing that I have to work on daily. Right, but back to your push-ups. So, yeah, so push-ups. So it's it's not a matter of, guys, of how many you do, but the discipline of getting on the floor and knocking out five. I'm not saying do a lot. I'm saying, literally, if you can only do one, do one. Like, it's not the workout. It's not the endorphin rush that you're going to get in your body that's going to make you feel better is what I'm after. It's, it's your mental ability to set out to do something and see it through. Like Andy Frisella with uh, Real AF Podcast, he does a 75 hard program. It That is not for everybody. Not everybody is looking to do that, and that's okay. Now, I think if you did his program, your life would exponentially be better, yeah. and it's something I want to try to attack one of these days, and I, I probably should just sit down and do it. Um, is Samuel Norris doing that? Maybe. I hey, Sammy, he was, how are you if you're listening? <laughs> yeah, so I think you were saying that he was doing that, and he was, you know, trying to go after kind of being one of the, the first form, I guess you could say. Influencers? Um, yeah. Possibly. Yeah, he looks good. He's lost a lot of weight. Oh, he lost a lot of weight. Yeah, he look, I didn't think he was fat before, but he looks great. But, yeah, it's, guys, it's about discipline, right? Yes. Failing is supposed to help you create the discipline, which is going to help you create the success, which then is going to help you create the lifestyle that you're after. And it, here at the Life in the Fast Lane podcast, we are all about trying to help you create a better lifestyle that's going to serve you and serve your loved ones in your life and yeah. help you create a better life. Because I've been through, not at all, but I've been through a lot. I've had to, everything from learn how to deal with, you know, employees that are, they range from, you know, one thinks this way and the other one thinks 100% the other direction and somehow or another getting them to speak a language that they can understand. Not the yeah. same language, but just to be able to understand each other. Yeah, that's you a have tough to one. fix the translation. Yes, I have to be a translator. That's very good. And so that, that you know, we do anything from that to, um, you know, be nicer to yourself, man. You're a work in progress. Like, you'll never stop being that. And that's something I have to practice every single day is, there's, sorry, there's a guy I'm looking at outside, and he's, like, walking around looking at cars. So I'm going to go out there and talk to him here in a second. But, um, Ain't getting in my truck. No, he's not. He's just like standing there. I don't know what he's doing. That's why I keep like kind of <laughs> pausing. Um, but uh, you know, it is it is absolutely crucial to be be hard on yourself to a point that can help move yourself to the next level. But at the same time, you need to be be kind to yourself and know you're a work in progress. That is something that I've had to learn. That is something a lot of people have to learn. And you know, unfortunately, that stalls a lot of progress. In, in people they get really um if you're listening to this and you get bogged down by you know you're not where you want to be of course you're not where you want to be but you have to start with one thing and not just oh yeah i'm gonna do everything at once because then you're gonna disappoint yourself well you, you your your mind i do that all the time well I, here recently that's been going on here at dawson because i've been so much has been thrown at me all at once i kind of like froze and i'm like yeah. i don't know what the hell to do so what i'm trying to say guys is that you got to have the, the the discipline to manage your your mind and your time and be be nice to yourself. So I was what I was getting ready to say there a second ago was 
take a look five years ago at who you were and then look at who you are today. If you're not exponentially different and better, you're you're lying to yourself. Like you really truly are. A lot of people lie to themselves and that is something that I'd love to do a whole podcast on is quit telling yourself the lies that feed your narrative and don't better you. That's not a business thing. That's just a that's a human thing. And it's so critical to to be honest with yourself, be kind to yourself, but also be real and and you know know exactly what it is you're looking for and how you're going to get it and how you're going to do it in a way that's going to be manageable. It's like losing weight. You can't just wake up one day, go cold turkey and say, I go to the gym seven days a week and I lift this much weight and I eat this way and da 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 da. It's just not that. You don't lose 100 pounds in a day. It comes off ounces at a time and you don't even see the progress for a while and that's okay. You're just, you've just got to learn when it comes to failing faster that failing is actually honestly the easiest part it really is it's the what do you learn from it is the hard part yeah and then implementing that and then letting that become your new normal is where you are going to probably it's probably going to hurt the most honestly but it's okay because once you get used to it that becomes your your new normal and then you're just so accustomed to it life just becomes far more easy i love it far more easy so um should we continue or should we should we end the podcast there, Mr. CTO? I don't know. I wouldn't mind touching on gratitude for a moment. Okay. Because if with failure comes the lesson and then the lesson comes with gratitude. Okay. Because then you can look back at it and say, you know, like, I, I appreciate that this has happened. And that's one thing that you have seen is like you have to look at the failures as a lesson. Mm-hmm. And then you have to have the gratitude to look at and say, you know, I'm glad that happened. Okay. Yeah. So... I'm going to give you my most recent um, uh, encounter encounter of my gratitude that I had to remind myself. Um, so personally, I have gone through what I would call one of the nastiest storms I've ever seen. And it is, it is the worst storm I've ever dealt with. It is the lowest I've ever gotten in my own head and in my own life. And it, you know, for a moment I said, it's okay to mourn the loss that I had, you know, for what with what I went through and at some point you just kind of grab yourself by the bootstraps and, and quit it like your, your your time of mourning's done um now I couldn't grab myself by the bootstraps I couldn't do it I just could not pull myself out of it and so what I had to start doing and my life today is harder than it was two and a half years ago because of the situation and the only way I can pull myself through it is practicing gratitude so what am I thankful for? Well, first off, kind of looking within three feet of me, I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for this this chair. I'm thankful for the voice that I have. I'm thankful that I'm not sitting here. Like I have, I have a, um, a relative that's on uh, dialysis. He's got this big tube sticking out of his belly button, and he lives on that thing 13 hours a day. Yep. And he needs some kind of transplant. I'm not going to go into all that because I'm not a doctor, and I don't know his full situation. But I don't have that. I just got a, a message from a really good friend of mine. His name is Mickey, and Mickey is, has been an influential person in my life. Good friend, love him to death, and he's dealing with stage, I think, stage four colon cancer. It's rough. I, I love him, and I wish him the best, and I, I pray for him every day, and I hope that he's, you know, he recovers from it. I know people can, um, but right now he's in a whirlwind of fight and you know he can he can't even stand up he posted a video of himself and i'm very very proud of him for being vulnerable but he posted himself 
uh, falling down on his ring camera a couple weeks ago, and he's a bloody mess. And I'm not proud of him for falling. I'm proud of him for showing people what he's going through, and hopefully it influences people to get checked sooner. Like yeah. He ignored the signs for a very long time. He lived an unhealthy lifestyle for a very, you know, long time. And and we all do. And, and you know, we drink and we, I don't smoke, but like some people smoke and they eat poorly and, and we gain a lot of weight. And it's just, it's just bad for us. And again, I can speak because I have the credentials. I lost a lot of weight. I still have some weight on me I need to lose. But, you know, I love, I love Mickey. He's, he's a, he's a great guy. Uh, but getting back to gratitude, you know, I'm so thankful for, not having to deal with what he's dealing and I, i'm young enough to like make some changes to to not maybe maybe i can avoid that right maybe um because yeah, nothing's guaranteed right i'm so thankful that mickey you know he messages me three or four or five times a week probably because he's not doesn't have a whole lot to do but i'm in his head like i'm there in his space because we love each other you know he's a good friend um i, I love seeing when his even though i don't respond to all of them he he's you know i love seeing his thing because like one day if he passes away from this and one day he'll pass like there's only one thing guaranteed in life and that's death yeah right i'm not going to be able to get a message from mickey one day and that makes me sad um but i'm grateful for today that i have that i'm grateful right now that there's blue skies out there even though it's cold outside i've learned to embrace the cold because i can i can like i love the cold (laughs) i can i can like layer up but it's it's not gloomy outside the sun is shining um it's not super windy um i'm thankful you know that like right now my truck is in the shop it's brand new it's a hundred thousand dollar truck but it's getting handled i'm thankful that that's happening right now i could look at that and go brand new truck it's in the stupid shop and people are like oh you have a ford oh it's a piece of junk dude it's a mechanical being it's gonna have an issue exactly but it's being handled and i'm thankful for that and and there's also a million other reasons why i can be thankful for but like my immediate what's in my life right now today that that brings me so much this podcast doing this with you not not so much just with you but the ability to to have a voice like i love that you give me updates on how many downloads like i stay away from all that because it 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 clogs my my bandwidth but you like dude we have this many like we had what 50 downloads in the first like two days or something yeah Uh, who knows if that's good i don't care i am stoked yeah it's a so to me it's it's not that it's the downloads as okay we're comparing to other people this is we this is literally a baseline for us yeah you know we don't know where all of our like we had a download in italy that's retarded yeah that's amazing now whether or not that was a vpn it can happen it there's sometimes there's glitches and that's how that things happen but i'm still thinking of okay what if somebody listens to this halfway across the world and you know they're they're listening to it and they have that moment of gratitude because they go you know what i do need to sit back and think yeah like you know take a okay here's how you, how do you how do you practice gratitude first off take a freaking breath close your eyes i just had this conversation with one of the employees one of our team members back there in the back on friday he's getting really really frustrated and i said dude take a breath i said here's how i do it i fold my arms i close my eyes i put my head back at about a 30 degree angle and there's actually there's actually um real world statistic data that if you put your head back at like a certain angle about like this guy it releases the tension in your shoulders it releases tension in your shoulders and it also allows your ears to open more mm-hmm. so when i'm doing that what i'm actually doing is i'm listening i'm closing my eyes to stop getting that input i put my head back because it puts my shoulders at ease it relaxes me i fold my arms because then i don't have to hold them up or do something with them so that relaxes me and then 
the eyes closed, the head back, the shoulders down, the arms crossed, I've put myself in a state physically and mentally where I can receive data without any kind of tension or frustration or anything. And so knowing that I have a lot of gratitude towards my ability that I've learned all of those through my life. And I'm so thankful that, dude, I have been through some hell. And the reason we started this podcast is because I, I ask, so guys, just so you understand, when we first started this, I said, Kyle, I don't, I want to do this because I hear all the time how, how much I've helped people. And to me, so you understand, I don't get that. I don't understand it because to me, it's just like, I've just been through so much crap that I, why would anybody want to listen to my stupid stories? But what I learned was it's relatable. It's relatable. And, and my perspective on things is very much different because I've, it goes back to relatable. I've lived it right. I'm not Toro and all these bean counters. I'm not these other companies that are, that are out just copying. Like we have so many people that are trying to copy us, dude. It's ridiculous. And I get it. Great ideas are stolen. That's great. I'm glad, but you know, go, do your own lane, dude. Like, stay in your own lane. It'll be a lot easier, and there'll be a lot more pride in the end that you you did something that wasn't what somebody else was doing, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? And so I have a lot of gratitude towards the fact that, like, I just got a message, a DM um, from a, a friend of yours and mine that, you know, they were like, I'll come on the podcast, and um, I love what you're doing. And and Brian um, Fortin just had his LEL thing out in uh, in Novi, Michigan this past week. And I got, I don't know, 20 different DMs. People were like, listen to your podcast on the way up here. And then when they were there, they're like, we really wish you were here. You know, I can tell you people listen to it on the way back too because I watched the little up on Sunday. I was like, I wonder if they're coming back for Brian's yes. thing. Yeah, and so like I'm so thankful that you guys, you know, not listen to us but just like join in on our journey and you know can relate to what we're doing and what we've done and give me the opportunity to be your friend and to be able to try to help you in some sort of way yeah that's that just blows my mind because in back of my head you know i feel like a failure and the other thing too is is like yeah you have your credentials and then i have the perspective of I haven't lived that part of my life yet. So I can ask the questions because I have the genuine curiosity of what to do and where to go. Yeah. You know, so that helps part of the relatability is that hopefully I can help ask the questions that, you know, everybody else has. Yeah. I think that in, in just so you, so you understand my perspective is I'm just simply, what am I, 11 years older? I'm just 11 years down the road ahead of you. Yeah, I'm 25. 25, I'm 37. So 12 years, I'm 12 years. Think of a stepping stone, and each stepping stone is a year. I'm 12 stepping stones ahead of you. Yeah. That's all. And I'm trying to help you jump onto another good stepping stone, not a landmine. Yeah. That's really what we're doing here. I with the found life. a landmine. <laughs> yeah, we all do. And and some of them can be avoided. Some of them, um, this whole Life in the Fast Lane podcast is all about, you know, Avoiding those those uh, those landmines, and then giving you a, a, another pers- not a not the best perspective, just another perspective on how to see things and be able to grow from it, and you know use it in your own day to day life. Like I'll give you a stupid one: I brush my teeth in the shower. Yeah, Chloe does too. It weirds me out. I know, and it weirds most people. Out. And I learned it from a guy. His name's Brian Vickers. He's an he's an ex NASCAR guy, NASCAR driver. Made it all the way to the Cup Series. Really nice individual. And I learned it from him because he was trying to simplify his life, and he noticed that every time he brushed his teeth, he 
he dribble some uh, toothpaste on his shirt, and it was unprofessional. And he had to change it, and it was this whole rigmarole, and it would cause them pain. So if you're feeling pain, make a change. Feel pain, make a change. I need to make that a T-shirt. <laughs> but writing it down. Um, it's it's all about you know this whole podcast is about helping, and you know when you guys give us feedback, that that allows us to do a better job to focus in on what it is you'd like to hear, and and to be honest, very selfishly, I get a lot of happiness out of you know, the DMs and the emails and the social media, you know, shares or posts or comments about it, even if it's bad, I'll take it because that'll allow me to then make a change. Yeah, well, we can also, even if it's not that we make a change, we just at least make a mental note of it and it's something that it's like, okay, yeah, we can think about that and we can talk about it. It's like, okay, is it something we need to make a change or is it that's something that it's, I'm not going to say irrelevant, but it just doesn't necessarily fully align sure you know because sometimes you could say oh well it's like the um the acid situation that we have in the back oh so, for, so you guys just so you guys understand the context of this we use a specific type of acid to strip powder coating off of parts that when they got powder coated or they were returned by a customer we dip the part in this acid and it will it will strip all the powder coating off we then can neutralize it and then properly dispose of it all. Yes. So just to give you context of the acid that Kyle's talking yeah, about. Yeah, it's not the drug. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, so um, we were using, uh, it was something similar to like a muriatic acid. It was along those lines. But essentially what it would do is it would kind of deteriorate the um, the paint and just it would fall to the bottom of the bin. Mm-hmm. And now we changed to this other one. It's, it's more or less like a paint stripper. Mm-hmm. So it comes off in large flakes. But the problem was, number one, it, it was very, very, very potent when it came to its off-gassing. So we had a lot of um, PPE in place for that. It would it would make your eyes burn, so we'd have to put goggles on. We had respirators. We have an apron, the whole nine. But it was just – it was a pain in the butt to be around, and I, I would voice that, but it's that it would – it was saving the company a lot of money by doing this. Mm-hmm. One, yeah, in a way it was faster, but there were also extra steps to – cleaning the hooks for the powder coating. So it was, yeah, it made it easier, faster, but there were other, other things added on that made it a bit of a pain in the butt. You know, I spoke to Jamie about it because he was the one that was kind of controlling it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you and I kind of came to a point is like, look, we can do this. We save the money. We do it this way for the time being until we can find a way that makes other sense. And now we do it. We have batch or large batches where we send it to burn off Mm -hmm. they burn it off and then we sandblast them to clean everything up but that's just kind of goes along the lines of like we're going to make note of it it's not the best way to do it but we're getting by with it now because it's more cost effective and things like that yeah again guys it's a stepping stone don't get so caught up in you're not where you want to be i guarantee you you know, you look at some of the most successful people you know, and they're not where they want to be. Yeah. They really aren't. They've missed the mark. It's not what they thought it was going to be. It's, you know. They want to be further along. and Yeah, or like, you know, unfortunately, a lot of us business owners, we lose our families. We lose our husbands or our wives, and it's because we take our eye off of the ball that we truly, um, you know, what's truly important at the end of the day. Yeah. no, Nobody gets buried and on their headstone says, you know, owner of Amazon. Yeah. It's always, you know, husband of this person. Caring and loving husband or, yeah, or you know, wife loving or, friend. Yeah. It's never, it's never the business on there. So be mindful what your headstone is going to say. 
Mine's going to be the most talkative. Most talkative. Hey, he, he got the most words out. <laughs> <laughs> so I had a quota by the end of the day. Yeah. We yeah. met it. Yeah, we got it. So, you know, that's, that's you know, it's all it's all a matter of perspective. And the gratitude thing is, is a huge deal. And we can do another podcast on gratitude if you guys want to hear, you know, more perspectives on it. Um, but, you know, be mindful of, you know, where your headspace is at. Yeah. You gotta you you've gotta protect it. It I, I there was a saying when I was a kid growing up, my parents used to tell me it was um trash in, trash out. Yep. So, you know, you you're sitting there listening to this garbage music or too much politics or these really crazy narratives that people are trying to pump into the world and you'll end up and you'll end up in a bad place. And even if you are listening to it and disagree because it is wrong, then you're still fighting those demons and that trash in your mind because it's like, it's, I don't watch the news. I don't care what news outlet you look at, watch. I can't watch any of it because yeah, it all it pulls even, you down. It does. Even if I agree with it, it's still head trash that doesn't serve me. It doesn't make me money and it doesn't take care of my team or my family. It just doesn't. So I just stay away from it. So just, guys, gratitude, gratitude, gratitude. Fail faster. Get through that. Be thankful that you failed because that's what's going to make you better. And then get on with it. Don't, don't you know, sit there and relish in the failure or this person died or you don't know how it affected me. Man up. Be thankful that you had those experiences because that is going to define you and who you are. Do it today, not tomorrow. And do it today. Don't do it tomorrow. So, guys, with that said, I believe this is a wrap. I like it, Mr. George. All right. That was an awesome podcast. Uh, one of my favorites about, you know, failing faster. Thanks for joining us on this podcast of Life in the Fast Lane. Don't forget to follow us. Send us any kind of questions, any kind of comments on what you think. Uh, it's, you know, you want to hear about what's the uh, email currently, Kyle? L-I-T-F-L podcast at gmail.com, which we are changing to make a little bit more simpler. Yeah, we're going to change it. We love to simplify. That's one of my rules around here is simplify, simplify, simplify. So Keep don't, it simple, stupid. Yeah, don't be afraid to make those changes. That's probably another podcast is don't be afraid to make necessary adjustments. Oh, I can go down rabbit hole on that one. Yeah, so like, I mean, it, even if you want to change your, your logo or if you want to change the name of your company or an email, do it today because you're going to look back in a couple of years and you'll be like, now thank God I did it then, you know, investments, whatever. So, okay. Again, guys, go follow us at like mulchmate USA, um, uh, dot com is our website. You can form, submit some things there. If you'd like, check out anything you want, ask any kind of questions you want. You can go find us on Instagram, uh, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel and we will catch you in the next podcast. See you. Bye. Adios muchachos. <laughs>